Sometimes you won't know what a person has accomplished or overcome until you get the chance to hear their story. I've realized that being grateful takes being intentional. And it's inspiring when you learn what others are grateful for. Welcome to the I Am Grateful For podcast. I am Hope Lavender. I Am Grateful For hopes to encourage people to think about what they're grateful for despite hardships and difficult situations. To choose to look past the negativity and the temptation to spread it by facilitating an atmosphere of gratitude instead. We aren't denying that life is hard and unfortunate things happen, but we are hoping to share the joy of knowing that nonetheless we can still find something to be grateful for. On this podcast, you will hear stories from people from all walks of life about the places they've been, the decisions they've made, and how those decisions have shaped them into the person they are today. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for joining the I Am Grateful For podcast. It's really special to get this time with you, not only because of our relationship, but also because you're my cousin. And I'm really honored that you'd make time to just share your life with me a little bit and also our listeners. Um, For those who haven't met you yet, can you tell me and tell them a little bit about your story, kind of what's led to who Mark is and brought you to this point yeah yeah uh thank you hope uh for for having me on it's absolutely an honor to be on the i'm grateful for podcast i uh i was telling you the last time we spoke just just how much i admire um what you're doing here um just having known you obviously since we were babies (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah, (laughs) i actually saw a picture uh that your mom sent me um that's like you literally in a cradle and I'm like two years old, like leaning over your cradle, like laughing at, like laughing, we're both like laughing together and stuff. Oh, um, so sweet. Yeah. It's still a picture, but I, um, yeah, but that, that being said, I, you know, throughout the years, uh, just, just seeing who you've become and everything, I just admire all that you're doing hope. And it is an honor to be on here, uh, once again. So thank you a little bit about myself. One, I'm hope's older cousin, uh, by two years. I uh, grew up in New Jersey, but uh, we used to go to South Florida a whole lot growing up to, to spend time with Hope and, uh, and our whole family down there. And a son of a single mother who's a who's a school teacher, and, and my father who's, uh, who's like kind of a jack of all trades, uh, so to speak, and, and a, a proud older brother to my brother Alex. So I, I guess I'll go into some maybe key moments of my life story, so to speak. I would say one uh, was... You know, thanks to my mom, who's a, a French teacher, as I mentioned a moment ago, she won a um, a Fulbright grant when I was in eighth grade. So her being a French teacher in New Jersey, she basically got to go teach English in France uh, for a year. Um, so my mom, my brother and I all went out to France for a year. I didn't know anybody out there. Um, we had to do all kinds of really interesting programs while we were out there, in addition to going to school in an all French school. Um, but again, I was in ninth grade. I didn't speak the language. and I, I got the chance to learn it throughout that whole time. That was a very formative experience for me. I guess a, another key moment in my life, kind of inflection point was after I graduated from high school, I, I had to come back to New Jersey, obviously. Didn't do too well in high school. It wasn't, I wish I I done better hope to be honest. That's real. Uh, That's so real. <laughs> yeah, did not did not do what I should have done in high school. But by the grace of God, I uh went to community college. It's actually a funny story how I got 
to community college. I, I wasn't even planning to go to college growing up. And that's something a lot of people don't, don't know about me. But I remember my dad, um, obviously both of my parents had a, a, a role in it. But I just remember one moment where my dad, I was with him in the car uh, driving in downtown Newark. And I was telling him, yeah, man, I'm not going to college. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this creative stuff and, and just not go to school. I didn't really have a real aspiration, to be completely honest. So... I'm saying this to him and he's kind of listening quietly and nodding his head. And then he slams on the brakes. Right. And we're in the middle of downtown Newark. So there's a whole lot of cars behind him. And he looks me in the eyes and he says, you're going to college or you and I are going to go to a field right now. And we're going to fight like two grown men. And I, saw <laughs> and I saw i saw the sincerity in this man's eyes hope and i was like there is no way i'm gonna fight this dude but this guy would fight me. <laughs> this guy would not wow. hold back at all man he, he looked so serious man um so i so i went to community college <laughs> long story short um it was actually the only college that i got into uh because i, I didn't get good grades in high school and then, you know, quick, quick point, my third day of college, our cousin Denise, who was very, very important to me, uh, she, yeah. she, she died of cancer. Um, and, you know, cousin Denise, for, I mean, obviously listeners don't know who she is. She was, um, I guess, our second cousin, technically, but she was just a, a really amazing person. Yeah, she was. She, she had... She had the these. Uh, she had this great house in, in in New Jersey, and always had a whole bunch of family over there. It was always a big party whenever we went. Mm-hmm. She was just so welcoming and just like the life of the party. It was the house where, you know, you'd, you'd see have everybody dancing in the backyard to whatever seventies song was was on the the, the boombox or what have you. Always having barbecues and just fat family gatherings there. She she just she just meant so much to me. And she just she believed in me, you know, during that period in, in high school when I didn't get good grades. I, I remember she she really encouraged me and said, you know, it, life is just a it's a journey. You know, you're you're not done yet just because you're not doing whatever once you do here doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I, I could go on and on about memories about cousin Denise. I, I have a picture of her framed, actually, that I had hung up in my apartment and I will hang it up in my next apartment. But when she passed away my third day of college, being that she really believed in me and in in my abilities, uh, even at a time when I didn't believe in myself, and frankly, at a time, no offense to any family members listening, but I wasn't getting that much good feedback from any family members, to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't getting rave reviews or anything from, from older people in my family uh, on my grades. Uh, I got another, I got some funny stories about that, but I really wanted to determine myself to to do well in school. So I just I just put my head in the books basically, stayed in the the, the community college library and I surpassed my expectations and pretty much anybody else's expectations that, that didn't think a lot for me or think a lot of me rather. And that was just hard work and prayer and just dedication, you know, and it, it kind of drove me to, to where I am today uh, in a lot of ways, just because just that mentality of man, I can do it. You know, uh, uh, I've heard a pastor say you and God are a, are a majority, you know? So yeah, no matter what, 
people are saying you, you kind of uh, push through. I guess another key moment for me is when I moved to Brooklyn. So I'd been living in New York City after college for about two years at the time, I think. But I ended up moving to this neighborhood in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, which also cousin Denise, she spent a whole lot of time in Brooklyn as well, as a matter of fact. And she actually lived in Brooklyn when I was when we were little kids. We actually visited her in Brooklyn. That's the first time I ever went there. I moved to a different area called Bed-Stuy, which is, you know, historically, obviously, and still now, like, all-Black area. It's one of, like, the largest Black zip codes, I think, in uh, in America. Oh, and it's just I an area know. that, yeah, yeah, it's really, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of Black excellence up there in Bed-Stuy. But the thing that I loved about living there was even to that point, right? I felt like my first two years in New York, you know, I'm working in corporate America. I am, like the only black face out of a lot of people who don't look like me or even relate to me at all. I should say, you know, it's not like everyone needs to look like you, right? But relating to people is is important. You know, and the yeah. desire to relate to people who are different from you is what I was not getting from a lot of people in corporate America. But being in Bed-Stuy, it's an area where not only is it, you know, sure it's a black community, but there's a lot of black owned businesses there. And like the places mm-hmm. that I would hang out in were all black owned and the crowds there were just all like interesting people that worked in different industries and I worked in and they were like connected to celebrities and stuff. And we all would go dance to like Afrobeat, which is this like genre oh, I didn't yeah. really know of at the time. And and I just had this this community out there of of like like almost like older siblings. Like I, I had two mm. older black dudes. They're only like five years older than me or something. Um, their names are Sean and Rondell, you know, and they both just gave me so much advice on life, on relationships. Yeah. And, and just being out there was, was a huge inflection point for me because I, I, I became more proud of who I am basically mm. as a, as a black person, but also, you know, going to church that, that has always been a constant, but just that aspect of just being proud of who I am and, being around mm-hmm. people who can identify with you. That was, that formed me deeply as well. And then of course, another one is, is getting to know the word. Uh, I would say during this pandemic, I've been, I've found that I've been reading the, the word more than ever before. Honestly, I, I read mm-hmm. the word every morning. I've learned more about who God is. I've learned about what the Holy Spirit is. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was, to be honest, mm-hmm. for most of my life. I just, you know, Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's like, all right, Holy Spirit. Yeah, just like, but sometimes people don't talk about it. So it's like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it can feel yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally can relate to that. Like, yeah. what does the Holy Spirit's role have in our life? Yeah. But that's really cool that you're able to read about it and kind of find out for yourself. You exactly, feel like during yeah, this that, time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it's been helpful. It's funny. You, you hear people say God in them. And, and Holy Spirit was kind of grouped into the NEM for me growing up. So uh, that, that, that's that been helpful to, to learn more about just the word. And, and, and it's been something that I've, that has definitely been my foundation of how I even make decisions now and how I interact with people. And then I'd say finally, um, 
and this is a point that I'm happy to talk about as long any of these above, I'm happy to talk about as long as you'd like, but the final inflection point for me has been like embracing my mental health. You know, um, a lot of young people, but like, let's say, let's be honest, like, you know, let's be direct. Like a lot of black people, especially regardless of age, do not embrace um, uh, their mental health. They, they don't understand that the reason why they're always having drinks on the weekends or they feel like they need to drink after work or something or they feel like they need to smoke something or, or you know, they're not getting enough sleep uh, or they're always sad. They don't realize that these things are the results of trauma that, that we've been through individually and collectively. Um, so I personally, speaking completely honestly, I, I suffered from depression and I, I suffered from it because of an imposter syndrome, right? You know, going from having a bad, I had a 2.4 GPA in high school, you know, uh, which is pretty bad from that to literally two years later, I was working in Ernst and Young at their headquarters in Times Square. This is all by the grace of God, of course, but you know, I, I went from being someone that kids in high school looked at as like, this guy's going to not, you know, prosper to literally those same people asking me to help them get jobs. Wow. You know, I, I even had a, uh, a memory where a kid even said to me, you know, you're probably only working there because of some affirmative action program that they have. So I was, yeah. people try to count you out no matter what arena you're in. But yeah. over time, I kind of felt like an imposter. Like I'm, I felt like I was living in someone else's life, you know? Um, and that, that comes with some depression. And then also, you know, ha- having the right people around me was something that I, I, I could have done a better job with when I was younger. Uh, and that led, I think, to me not doing well in high school. It's, it's all about the people you surround yourself with. And then finally, another thing that had, had me pretty down and, and sad that I needed to really reconcile was, you know, I had a friend who'd been murdered. Um, and that was something that I didn't really know that many people that were going through the type of grief that I was going through with that, because this was a friend that I got him a job in New York. I'd, uh, helped him with his resume. Uh, I'd like connected him to, 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 to this job. And, um, he ended up working there for years and, you know, I tried to be a good friend. I even, I even hired him. I used to drive an ice cream truck. I hired him to drive my ice cream truck with me. (laughs) Um, the the point I'm making is just that, you know, this was a, a good friend of mine that, um, I really, really cared about. And I, I miss him, honestly. <laughs> and and he, he died four years ago. Uh, but I still, I still really miss the guy. So, um, that was, that was some grief that, that I had to deal with. And, but I, I've, I've come to grips with my mental health of, you know, I've done the whole therapy thing. Um, I've done the, uh, you know, having a good, building a good support system around you. Meditation is something else that I've gotten into. Um, and a lot of that is as of the last four years or so. Man, thank you so much, Mark, for sharing. I, it's amazing. Like what you and I have talked one-on-one about how sometimes like, even with family, it's like, I've known you my whole life, but there's still parts of you that I haven't gotten to know. And I just wanted to say thank you for sharing just so vulnerably about 
just your journey, the things you've been through. I'm definitely sorry about your friend passing away. Um, yeah, that's a that's a type of grief that there's no easy solution to kind of mourn that loss. And you know, grief takes different amounts of time for different people. And so yeah. um, I appreciate you being like, yeah, it's been four years, but I still miss him. Like, it's still hard. Yeah. But yeah, grief takes people a different amount of time so that even though it's been about four years, it's like this still hurts. So yeah, um, definitely that does. totally yeah. makes sense. Um, Thank you. And yeah, so just from kind of recapping some of the highlights in your life, it's I, it's so real. I, I know that you're like, man, I, I didn't do that great in high school, but I actually feel like so many people can relate to that, you know, like just kind of living life, doing your own thing and um just surrounding yourself with different types of people. Um, I know that I remember distinctly in middle school having teachers pull me aside and be like, why are you hanging out with this crowd? Like, this is not a good crowd. Like, you're doing so well in your classes, but when you're hanging out with these people, you don't do well. So Hmm. just the fact that you're able to reflect and say like, wow, like some of the very same people who like, were like, this guy's not going to make it or maybe weren't the best influences where now the people turning around later being like, wow, like you've, you've totally done a 180. Like you're not the same Mark from high school. Like you've, you've allowed the experiences in your life to push you to be better and like want to make a difference, whether that was from like talking to your dad, which I didn't know that your dad did that (laughs) stopped in the middle of a moving vehicle or stopped in the middle of a, intersection just like break (laughs) while there's cars around you that had to be so impactful like okay if i didn't take you seriously before this moment i definitely hear you now yeah (laughs) because we're in the middle of newark and you just hit Mm -hmm. the brakes (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're like and i'm definitely not gonna win if we we go duke it out at a park (laughs) i guess i'm going to college i guess that's happening Um, I totally didn't know that happened. That was absolutely hilarious. Um, but even like you said, from our cousin Denise and yeah, she's someone that I, I totally agree. Just left such an imprint. This is such a positive imprint on anyone around her. And, um, it's remarkable to hear like her life and her death, like really woke, like sparked something in you that was like day three, like. No, she believed in me. She really thought that I could do it even when I didn't believe in myself. And I think it's just such a good point for all of us to like how we need people. Like we can't really just like push through alone. I think I see a lot of videos where it's like, you just need to like dream harder and like think better and like push yourself, be your own boss. But it's like, I think part that part of that is true. But I think it's also having people around you who believe in you and who can cheer you on even when you can't cheer yourself on. Um, so Absolutely. thanks for just sharing about her impact and how that kind of led to you wanting to be more serious about school and eventually like getting into corporate America and kind of making your journey through, which I think a lot of people in our family are super proud of you for, even if you hadn't have done those things. But I, I just think proud of you, not just because of the jobs that you got, but because of like your work ethic and how much you've grown. Like I remember distinctly um you tell me about times where you're on the train and you're like I'm reading this book and it's about this person's life and I'm just taking notes about how they were able to become what they were today and it's just like I've taken all these notes and (laughs) and I just thought it was so cool how you like made up for you know maybe the 
the positive influences um, in your circle to, okay, well, I'm going to surround myself with like books or even my relationship with God to, or people um, Mm -hmm. who will believe in me and kind of keep me going along the way. What was kind of like that spark for you that kind of like outside of our cousin's passing that kind of like kept you going, you know, or would you say that really was the thing that kind of kept you going when you were kind of transitioning out of high school and going into community college and even after? Like, I know that, like you said, even now to this day, like you still have that motivation to keep going. Would you say that there are other things that also help with that or is it primarily kind of? Our cousin's Denise, cousin Denise's impact on your life was a main yeah, that's thing. A, yeah, that's that's a very very interesting question. Um, I, I would say that what drives me now, and even what what what's driven me all the way through, a part of it is is just knowing that, you know, I, I have a friend. So my, one of my best friends growing up is uh this guy Stephen Opiajulu, who who I know you've met before. He's the, uh, the quick story for the listeners, you know, this, this guy, uh, we, we grew up together, right? He grew up literally two blocks from me. Uh, he's, he's half, uh, half Nigerian, half African-American, but we, he looks like me, you know, and this guy was just always so much smarter than, than everybody, not just me, but like everyone, you know, he, in, in elementary school, he was in, he was like taking middle school math and science, Right. And wow. then when, yeah, and in sixth grade, he was taking like eighth grade or seventh grade math and science. And like the older kids were like cheating off of him on the exams and stuff <laughs> in middle school. Uh, <laughs> and then um, and then high school, he went to like the magnet school. So he didn't go to the, the high school that everyone else went to. And then he went to MIT in 11th grade. So he never even finished high school and then went on to go to Harvard Law School. And he's now like a, a successful lawyer. And I remember back in middle school, actually, Stephen, he said something to me. He said, you know, man, all these, all these black kids in this school, you know, black boys, especially, right? He said, you know, they're, they're so interested in just being the coolest kid here and and like wearing the coolest clothes and being intimidating to other kids and, and like, whatever. They're, they're, they're so interested in these unimportant things. But he said, but if Martin Luther King was alive right now, he would be so angry at these kids because we're all living in this, in this reality. He wanted, you know, I, I grew up, Stephen, we all grew up in this town in New Jersey that was by far majority white. We went to great schools, great public schools uh, in Westfield, thanks to our grandfather uh, for, for building the house in, in the 1960s. So even in my own family, it's like, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother, the reason why we're even here is because they worked hard. Right. But you know, so it's like, think about our ancestors and what they had to go through for us to be where we are now, where we're wasting time on whatever we're wasting our time on. That that was that was another thing. So as far as like a spark, it, it was kind of just that thought of, you know, I, I have so many more opportunities than my ancestors had. Man, and, and as I've gotten older, I've learned a whole lot more about that, uh, you know, as far as like how bad it was that we'll, we'll never know how bad it was for our ancestors, right? You know, mm. the history will never be 
it's it's always going to be kind of like uh watered down a little bit but you know we're we're living just even now talking to each other and, and being interviewed on this podcast i mean this is something that uh you know it, it was illegal for black people to gather in groups and to talk you know when our grandfather was alive right Man. so I, I i want to make sure that I take full advantage of the blessings that we're able to walk in into because of, you know, the work of our, of our ancestors and because of, you know, God's favor. So I think that's what drives me now and, and also helping other people too. I want to help others. Yeah. Thanks for sharing just about how Stephen's kind of example in his life spoke so loudly in yours just to have, mm-hmm. you know, just one friend that you're like, I know you shared earlier with one of the sides of, going into corporate America was one thing that was challenging was trying to find people that you could relate to people that, um, even though it's like not everyone needed to look like you, just having people who were genuinely curious and trying to connect with you and your life and your journey. And Stephen kind of being someone in a sea of people where it's like, it's not a predominantly black area. And, but Mm. to see someone else who is African American, who was like, not consumed with being the coolest kid or having the coolest clothes or being like Mm -hmm. everyone else. Like he just really was inspired to be excellent from the opportunities that were afforded to us by our ancestors and the things that they fought for didn't even have that, that they fought for and couldn't have even imagined some of the rights and opportunities available to us now. Like it's, yeah. kind of crazy to compare even the one example that you mentioned about like just meeting in groups like yeah. it, it's, it's something that we don't always hear about but it was a reality not long ago and so yeah I appreciate you just pointing out of like letting that really fuel um, your desire to really make the most of the opportunities that have been given to us and and yeah, I, I really appreciate you just sharing just how these things have kind of kept you going, but not even just personally, but even in wanting to help impact the lives of other people around you too. But yeah, Mark, I just, I really am appreciative of kind of hearing not only about your journey and some of those specific events or people in your life that have really inspired you and kept you going in this journey to kind of, you know, propel yourself past you know, past mistakes and past lessons and say, Hey, that doesn't have to define me. That doesn't have to be who I am just because that's who I was a couple of years ago. Like I can make a choice um, Mm -hmm. to be different. And with that, would you say, were there any other people or any other last things that you'd love to share about? Like, or hold on, let me rewind that. And with that, is there any other people that you'd like to give a shout out to for kind of how they've helped you get to the place you are today or? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you uh, for asking that. I, I uh, obviously my mom and my dad, you know, because my dad, for the reason I already explained earlier, um, and, and my mom just for, I, I learned a lot from her just as far as like caring for other people, you know, um, uh, and just, I, I have all kinds of stories about like things she's done for other people and uh, just the example that she said. You know, obviously our, our Uncle James as well, someone else who's who's super um like I, I learned a lot of lessons from from him. Uh you know, and just kind of resilience and, and, and just also looking out for other people and, and putting other people before yeah. yourself. Um he, he set an amazing example for that uh in you know 
he, what, what did he do? He, he retired from his job early so that he could take care of his parents, of our grandparents, um, yeah. uh, a few years ago. So, you know, that, that's another person. And then, then I would say, uh, at my church, there's uh, this lady, um, Mary Brown, uh, who, you know, in Brooklyn, oh, man, I, I, I joined this new church and everything. And it, it's, it's like, it was, uh, this was 2020, I think, or maybe it was, yeah, it was 2020 freezing cold outside, you know, and the church, like I, I needed to go through Bible study to, to kind of become a full member. And I had to go meet, uh, this, this person, Mary Brown for, for like the Bible study session. And it was again, freezing. The church furnace was broken, which is such a typical like black church problem. It's always like, <laughs> like a furnace is broken. Like <laughs> right? the, the preacher's wife, the same thing happens in that movie. Uh, so it was like, too cold so she literally waited outside for me and uh didn't even have my phone number so i had just like come to the church and like thankfully she just saw me and then we went to like starbucks just she and i on like a tuesday night and and we just like read the the word together and read through like the stuff that she typed up like interpreting the the bible and she was telling me all these personal stories about herself and all of her hardships and i'm just like listening to this taking it all in like wow like this person is really dedicated to to her vocation because she's not making money from this you know she genuinely is doing this to make a difference for someone who's new in the faith or new to this church you know and and that that just that level of of caring for other people and that's like the the kind of common theme throughout these people i've just mentioned that's something that drives me today uh to, to be able to, as the word says, to to use our abundance to fill other people's lack. That and, and that doesn't just have to be financially. That, that can just be time, right? Or love, you know, showing love to somebody else. Those are the people who uh, I think were especially helpful for me as I form, as I continue to form uh, who I am. Yeah, it's amazing how sometimes when you think of those different people who have just made a little imprint on your life, that sometimes there's commonalities in the things that we admire in them, but just being able to learn from them and say, okay, hey, what can I imitate in the things that are really great in your life? And um, there's a scripture that, that Paul talks about, like, imitate me as I imitate Christ, like, but yeah, I love that verse because it, even though we're imperfect people and we're going to make mistakes and we have flaws, there are so many good things that we can take from each other in, in, a, in a positive way and love people the same way that we've been loved, um, which is like that extension of kind of Christ's love. So I appreciate even just, you know, whether it was Mary or Uncle James or your mom or your dad, just these different people who have kind of helped shape you to be the man that you are today and are continuing to like, that's not even a past tense. It's like, as of this very moment and going forward, even past their life, those things will stay with you and continue to push you um, to want to be that kind of person towards others. So thank you so much just for sharing about that and your life. I really, really appreciate it, Mark. And 
wish we had more time. I'm like, oh, we could keep going forever, learning about these different parts of your lives. But I really wanted to say thank you for um, just sharing about how, whether it was going to France in your ninth grade year and the impact of being in a different culture where no one speaks English. <laughs> you just have to learn how to speak French and, um, or having people look down on you and not letting that keep you down, but being able to say, Hey, I'm going to choose to keep going and I'm going to learn from the people who believe in me till I can get to a place where I believe in myself and now kind of flipping that. And whether it's through being immersed in the African-American culture in Bed-Stuy um, and getting to see like, man, these, this is a part of my culture and my heritage. And I'm proud of this. Like I'm proud of these like black owned businesses that are doing great and thriving. And it's not the stereotypical, like, black zip code you know it's just like mm -hmm. no like it, this there's beauty there's people growing and using their passions and their gifts to make an impact for good and mm -hmm. just being able to raise awareness on what your experience as an african-american growing up in jersey and, and being able to live in new york has been like so just thank you so much for your time mark i really appreciate you yeah thank you hope i, I really appreciate you as well you've always been a, a great um a great cousin, but just a great person overall. Um, and, uh, and like a part of the support system as well. So appreciate you. Thank you for supporting another episode of this season's theme, celebrating black stories. I'm so grateful for Mark sharing his very real journey of gratitude. I hope you enjoyed this interview and that you're reminded of the positive impact we can make on those around us and how we don't need to let our past define who we are today. If you like this interview, please share it. Our aim is to share gratitude by word of mouth, but also via your favorite social media platform. You can find all of our episodes at www.iamgratefulforpodcast.com or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you can catch the latest interviews. And if you love this podcast and would like to support the work we're doing with spreading gratitude, you can make a donation for the creation of season three through our donate link on our website or in the show notes.